0: Welcome to the Casa the Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time. Welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Casa de Confidence podcast. I am your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and with me, my better half,
1: Oh, I'm not your better half.
0: You're my most handsome half.
1: Oh my God, that's not true either.
0: <laughs> what is true today?
1: My name is Daniel Collins. That's the truth.
0: And you're my husband. That's true. That's true.
1: So welcome back to yet another week, everybody.
0: That is correct. It is a sunny Sunday afternoon.
1: Sunny day. Do, do, do i don't know the words oh my gosh it's been so long
0: yeah i know it's almost 50 years since you used to watch that
1: do only gen x know the words to sesame street are the words the same now as they were yes they're the same the same song
0: okay first of all i need to address something that gen z has Mm. stated what they are telling millennials declaring war not declaring war on anybody, but I just I, I, I saw this several times on TikTok today
1: mm-hmm.
0: that Gen Z is declaring war on millennials and they are telling Gen- them.
1: Millennials are Gen Y.
0: Yes. Thank you for that. So they are telling millennials, the Gen Zers are, that they need to stop wearing skinny jeans and parting their hair on the side. <laughs> and yesterday, while my girlfriend Arlene and I were out for a girl's day, oh we decided that, well, we're not millennials, but we're not giving up on the skinny jeans and the side part. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean about us? <laughs> that we're want to be millennials and then when the millennials move on.
1: Just remember, Gen Y created Gen Z. Gen
0: Y created That's very confusing to me.
1: One generation creates the next.
0: So we created aim. millennials?
1: <laughs> Jesus. God help us. Boomers so, uh, made you... us.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. Okay, nothing yet, against you know millennials no, because I, I, I do, happen I to like take millennials. Offense.
1: I do take a little offense what do you take? to the current notion that Gen X is starting to be called the forgotten generation.
0: How can we be forgotten? Our music plays everywhere.
1: You know what, though? You know what the thing is? You know. All right. Remember when we were kids and we're like, our parents were hung up on their music. Yes. Oh, their music, their music. All right. So Gen X, Mm -hmm. you as a, you're a Gen X woman. I'm I'm, I'm Gen X. Young woman. Whatever. I listened to, you know, 80s stuff, pop, rock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course there was that christian rock phase that i was into striper rule Whoa, anyway my gosh. okay and then in the 90s
0: mm-hmm.
1: liked grunge like the post grunge love candle box not grunge just good old rock and roll look it up and then i listened
0: to country in the 90s and
1: yeah you listen to country because you dated little joe the line Shh. dance coach <laughs>
0: don't say that <laughs> and then
1: and then came came the 90s i'm what Mumbop? You listen to that little Britney Spears? I mean, Soundgarden? You, you got you, you mixed it all up, and then the two thousands come along. Mm-hmm. What are the Gen X is listening to?
0: I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie to... world. Nah.
1: And then now, what are Gen X is listening to? I, I don't know. It's a one generation that doesn't limit itself. We listen to everything, everything. Hmm. We listen to the Beatles. We listen to Van Halen. My sister is a Gen Xer and she doesn't listen, to, listen Brit- to the Beatles. She, well, she, she, she's, she's whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> you it's didn't a, want to say Dorothy's special. We're the one generation that I think that appreciates music back and forward. That's and correct. And I think, I think that's a, one, one thing about Gen X that's super cool. And maybe that's why we're being forgotten. We're not sticking out.
0: We're not sticking out. We're not
1: being forgotten, first of all. Remember Gen X? In your face.
0: Extreme. Extreme. Did you know Bon Jovi (laughs) just released a new song?
1: No, I did not know that. He
0: did. It's amazeballs. He's a boomer. No, he is not.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) He is not.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, my gosh. John Bon Jovi, my boyfriend, is not a boomer.
1: He absolutely is a boomer. No. Yes, he is
0: maybe bruce springsteen is but not john bon jovi hey siri
1: hey siri how old is john bon jovi
0: john bon jovi is 58 years old boomer 58 that's eight years apart from us
1: i know we're 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 not that far away. ask when the boob-
0: ask when the gen x starts
1: when does gen x start
0: It
1: happened from 1965 to
0: 1979. Your
1: boy's a boomer. Fudge. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that, but you know, fine, whatever. You're wrong. I mean, I was right. You were, I mean, you know what I mean.
1: We're all people.
0: Hey, by the way, people are people. I can't you see? Oh, and here he
1: goes but singing again. You and again. I should get along so awfully. All right. Bum, bum,
0: bum. We were thinking with Arlene um, yesterday hmm. as we had our little girls day out.
1: Not we. You you guys. Yeah. Arlene not and I part make of the a we. No, you're not part of the we. Oh, so, yes.
0: We were thinking Speaking
1: that. we, I have been drinking a lot of water. Hey, Mike. I gotta I step out for a second. No,
0: you do about. not step up. Just,
1: okay, tell your story. Okay, go so
0: you—it's um, your birthday. You're going to be turning fifty this year.
1: In October. It's a little early.
0: No, it's not. It's six months away.
1: <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> yes. What's up?
0: Don't you want to start counting down for your special day?
1: So I can see that Julie's going to want to go on a trip for my birthday so she can travel someplace. That's what Julie this
0: is may not like. wait until your birthday to travel. You know
1: how I had a 50th last year? What? You know who had a 50th birthday last year?
0: Who didn't have a birthday party last year, you mean? That's you. That's me. <laughs> yeah, you're so lucky you get to no. maybe have a party if you wanted to.
1: I don't know. I don't know how long this thing's going to go. <sighs> we'll find anyway,
0: out. yeah. Anyhow, so Arlene and I had a nice day. We went to Mystic, Connecticut. We did not have Mystic Pizza, but we ah, did have cocktails.
1: That's an '80s reference right there, too. Mm-hmm. For all those not in the Connecticut area, you may have heard of Mystic through the movie Mystic Julia Pizza Roberts. with Julia Roberts and other
0: other people in there. Yeah, I forgot everybody else in it. But
1: do you realize I grew up in Connecticut, right?
0: Yeah. Can we move to Mystic? I really like it there.
1: It is very nice. I, I like it. Never seen the movie Mystic Pizza. Ah,
0: oh, guess what? We're watching this afternoon. <laughs> you know what? You have a way of trying to get me to watch TV with you.
1: <laughs> I've actually never seen it.
0: You've never seen it. How can you not? Why have would seen I watch it?
1: that movie? I don't. I don't know. It was a, a staple
0: of our generation.
1: It's just a, not really. It was kind of like old people movie back in our generation, it though. Not kind of. Well, oh, I re- no. I remember the older people wanting to see it.
0: Hey, you know, I was a bride I was a maid of honor at this wedding. Is it a wedding movie, Mr. Yeah? But listen, well, see, It has uh, a wedding. I was
1: I was watching Goonies. And okay, Gremlins let me just tell you this point. You're going to be and amused Indiana by it. Indiana Jones. Stop
0: talking! I'm going to tell you this joke. This thing. You heard that right? That okay. That's kind of mean. And no, because I'm trying Stop to talk.
1: talking.
0: Wow, that's I'm not trying, how I sound. I'm trying to talk. Shut up.
1: I tried to get the talk in there.
0: Look, (laughs) so there is this wedding that is going to happen, but doesn't happen in the movie. Okay, spoiler alert. And the bridesmaid dresses for the wedding remind me of this dress that I had to wear as a maid of honor to this other wedding I was maid of honor at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That must have been fun.
0: It was a fun wedding. Mm Mm-hmm anyhow anyway all right well i wanted to tell you that i i am very proud of you and i thank you for all your hard work you've been working very hard this week
1: wait a minute what oh i don't know go ahead what have i been what have i been doing this week
0: you've been going to your job every day very early and working 12 15 hour days
1: yeah gotta do what you gotta do sometimes
0: yeah, you got to keep your wife living in the lifestyle she's accustomed to. The last couple
1: weeks, last couple of weeks have been pretty extraordinary, but extraordinary. It, You're using as, a big word as far as workload, and uh, I just got to tell you, it's probably going to continue for the next.
0: Yeah, I saw the that. the better
1: part of the year coming. So, but this isn't about me.
0: You're right. It's always about me.
1: No, it's about your guest. It's about our guest. And your listeners.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about this interview. Yes. She has lived in Paris, is a traveler. Really? Loves fashion. Loves glitter and pink. I know Sharon Studley would not appreciate the glitter, but I do. (laughs) Sharon Studley hates glitter. I don't know why, but...
1: Julie's guest this week is body-positive fashion and travel blogger, Callie Richards.
0: Callie is an amazing young woman that lives in SoCal, and I (laughs) met her through the internet. We just um, connected because...
1: Where's SoCal?
0: Southern California, Daniel.
1: Oh, why didn't you just say that?
0: Because it's SoCal. I'm hip. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing at me. <laughs> Listen, just because you haven't been oh to SoCal. God.
1: I have been to SoCal.
0: Yeah.
1: Is so... it LA and SoCal?
0: Did you go to LA?
1: We went together.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> we went to Whiskey Agogo. Oh, that was a fun trip.
1: So Kelly is <laughs> a Southern <laughs> We did go to the whiskey.
0: We went to whiskey and go go. Oh, did I tell you I had a whiskey drink yesterday? It was delicious.
1: We were out in front of the other place too, the Viper Room.
0: Ooh, the Viper Room. That was a fun trip.
1: We didn't get to go inside when we though. used to travel. We were in the mm. we were in the whiskey though. So anyway, sorry. Anyway. We're, we're, I'm so easily distracted today. I'm ooh squirrel shiny, but you know
0: what? I I actually was going to talk about ADHD. Because I'm thinking that I really need to get diagnosed with ADHD. You know what? Don't laugh.
1: You need it.
0: Okay, look. There is a test for someone posted on TikTok. Really?
1: This is proof you need the test because I was just talking about Callie.
0: Okay, but wait a minute. There's a test about, like, if you buy stickers and and don't use them because you're waiting for the right time to put them on something. And Mm -hmm. then eventually you lose your stickers. So actually, look. These are stickers I bought and I forgot to, I was waiting to use them in a special time.
1: How long have you had them?
0: Probably a couple of years. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, and I found them. So I put them out here to use them, but I have to use them. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Sorry, (laughs) Kelly.
1: So, Callie is a Southern California based body positive fashion and travel blogger who helps women discover style and travel that fits their bodies and their lifestyles so they can live their best, most authentic lives. She's no, amazing. Callie, she's, Callie, I was looking at her TikTok. She's, so freaking she's cracking me up, actually. She has over 50,000. Followers on TikTok. She does.
0: I I and I, I love her videos. She's been, she has been doing a lot of uh, reviews on uh, blue jeans, and uh, she's she's awesome. And she loves her body. She loves herself, and she encourages other women to do the same.
1: Fifty six thousand. Fifty six thousand. There you go. She is at hot pink and glitter. Mm. So. Anyhow,
0: anyway. all right. Well, on to the show and my interview with Callie Richards. Thank you again for being a part of the cast of the confidence podcast. I am so thrilled. I found you. I love all your content. And I thought, okay, I'm going to reach out because she is doing some phenomenal stuff. And this is who I wish I could have become at a much earlier age someone who is confident and is just, you know, doing what she loves and inspiring other women. So I love everything about you. So tell me and why don't you. you introduce yourself to the audience, Callie?
2: My name is Callie Richards. I'm a plus size fashion blogger, content creator, and I live in Southern California, born and raised and I left my career in retail luxury goods about three years ago to become self-employed full-time, shortly after I started my blog. And I make video content, photo content on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and on my blog. And I'm known um, by my blogger alias, which is Hot Pink and Glitter.
0: Hot Pink and Glitter totally is my love language, believe it or not. Same. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I actually picked it because I f- those are like my two favorite things like hot pink and glitter, are my, like really the essence of me. They're my favorite colors. I love them. And my parents, I've always joked, they said, you knew who you were when you were three years old. And I feel like there's such pressure for women as we age to mm. give up things that we identified with in exchange for something more mature or more professional or more demure. And so it's like my little way of sticking it to the man. Like, no, it's not a phase. Glitter's right. my favorite color. I'm thirty-three years old. Is not I don't see it changing anytime soon.
0: I love everything that you're saying, especially because I think that throughout multiple areas of my life and I um obviously, you know, I am a plus size person and I have been in a weight loss journey back and forth my whole entire life since I was in my mid twenties. And really, um, it wasn't until probably my 40, my, when I turned 40 and I left my marriage to my ex-husband, that I realized that I was trying so hard to conform. And I was yes. trying too, too hard to be something that I was not and I needed to learn to love myself. And I still, it's it's you know one of those things that you work at every day. But I it's love, yeah, it is a process. It's a confidence thing that, um, it comes not from the affirmation that you get from others, but it comes from really learning to love no matter where you are and where your skin is, you know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And it really, what you said is, such a big part of what motivates me to continue <laughs> creating content is that we are told to conform and there's billion and trillion dollar industries that are profiting off of telling us that we're not good enough the way we are. And the the trick is you can never get to the ideal. Mm -hmm. That's how they make money, no matter what you do, no matter if you lose weight, if you have plastic surgery, if you cut your hair. And I'm not against people doing those things for the right reasons, if it's for your own reasons. But the point is that this day and age, especially with all of the messaging that we receive, it is an it is a revolutionary act Mm -hmm. to practice self love and self acceptance. So it it really, it's the only thing you can control um, is how you respond to those pressures. And it it is really rebellious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like a rebel woman move to say, I'm not going to believe that I have to change myself to be worthy.
0: I love everything that you said. And one of the things that I remember, you know, my, um, my ex husband's mom, and this is the first person that I really learned this rebellious spirit from. And similar to what you're saying, um, granted, she was not plus size, but she um, even into her 70s would not be afraid to wear a go boots, maybe a leopard skin, um, you know, outfit uh, or, or bodysuit. And she rocked it. And she, she knew that. She loved leopard and she loved hats and she loved go-go boots, patent leather go-go boots and didn't care what people thought. She wanted, she was herself. And I just thought, you know, I want to be that person, that person that, you know, granted, you know, I think that I am the big proponent of definitely dressing for what makes you comfortable. And mm-hmm. you know, not everyone is gonna rock the Google boots, but find what suits you and and how you can express your personality. So I try to do that with how I dress nowadays. and uh, but I think that it's we, empowering. Yeah, for it's sure. empowering. yeah I for love. Sure.
2: I love hearing that, and it's exactly like you said knowing who you are. And when you stop trying to be someone else, you are an immediate success. When you just accept who you are, Mm -hmm. you are already fulfilling that 100%. You're no longer fighting against it to become something else. You are there. It's like such a relief to be like, oh, okay. And don't get me wrong, we all still struggle with it every day. It's of an eb, It's a journey, um, and you have to constantly combat those outside sources and then internalized voices that we've absorbed because mm. of those. But realistically, it's, it's so much more sustainable to accept who you are than to constantly fight against who you are in an effort to become someone else.
0: Absolutely. I think back to my 30s, and I think that if I look at, you know, the time that I was 29 all the way up to mm, – maybe my mid 40s. So it's a good 15 year span. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I worked for a national educational company. And my my one company in particular, um, the dress code standard was pretty uh, buttoned up suits, corporate suits. And I loved it. I just thought but at the same time, like I remember thinking, like, that's not not me, but it's really not me anymore. And I think that I I was just following the trend. And I and I remember like many uh, airport while I was traveling a lot that I was trekking along with these high heels that I like high heels. Don't take me wrong, but I was just doing it because that was the dress code that I thought was expected of me. And I never felt comfortable enough saying, oh, God, I don't need to be wearing this. Um, yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of women are.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I actually stopped wearing high heels a few years ago for the most part. Again, I don't say I'm never going to wear high heels if (laughs) I feel like it. But generally speaking, I kind of stopped wearing them because they were very uncomfortable for me. And I had, you know, I was working in retail previously before (laughs) I was self employed. And I would stand on these tile floors for nine hours a day in dress shoes. And I thought to (laughs) myself, you know, this is not making yeah. you happy. Why? And I feel my prettiest and my most confident when I'm happiest. Mm-hmm. And like, it's very hard to be happy when you're in pain. Yes. So if a piece of fashion is causing you pain, it's a no. It's a no. It's a no. Give it up. It's a hard no.
0: <laughs> I totally yeah. agree with that. I think that um, I also worked retail at one point in my life and I've stand in those floors for, oh my gosh, Sale days, inventory days, and and I I was a manager and I had to run back and forth between departments and it was like, what am I doing? But we put ourselves through all of this trying to conform to something that we're not at times. And if you are that person, do it, rock it. Yeah. But I, I love yeah. it. Yeah i I am in a in a crossroads with my life right now. My husband, when I moved here from New York City, he built me the closet of my dreams. So all of my shoes live in the same closet. But now I am finding that there is a corner of the closet that is packed with suits I am probably never going to wear again. And there, yeah. there is um, a hesitant side of me uh, in uh, and and I want to donate them, but part of me feels like I'm also turning the page on a, on a area of my life or era of my life. Have you found that you have connection to clothes in that, in that way? in 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 a sense,
2: I do. Yeah, I can, I can relate. Um, because of a few different experiences in my life that I've had, I found that over time, my likelihood to be attached to a clothing item for sentimental reasons has decreased um, just out of necessity. I Mm -hmm. lived overseas when I was um, like in my early 20s. I worked as an au pair in Paris. I went back to Paris for another year to be uh, to do my internship during college. And I had to take everything into suitcases. And it really forced me to kind of reevaluate Uh, Mm. how emotionally invested I was. So that definitely helped me. But to this day, I still struggle with it, especially the last year. I've noticed it kind of ramping up a little bit because as a fashion creator, uh, you know, content creator, I have the opportunity. I'm so blessed to to have access to incredible pieces of clothing from inclusive brands. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I purchase them myself. Sometimes they're gifted as part of collaborations or for review or blog or mail or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And I feel like when I try these clothes on and when I go through the effort of taking the photos or making content or doing videos and I kind of explain how I think they'd be well used or well loved, they sort of take on a personality to me. And I have this vision for where I want to wear them and the events that I could see myself doing. And so I have an entire year's worth of clothes in my closet that weren't able to like get out and live their life. And so it's hard for me to accept that like, do you need things? three full length sequin gowns, Callie Mm. is, are you going to have, are you going to have the occasion? Mm. Because normally I would go out of my way to figure out a way to wear them. You know? Um, But now it's like, I'm slowly having to release clothing as much as I love it. I'm like, I'm still in the process of getting new clothes all the time and trying new mm-hmm. things and sharing my knowledge. And so if I don't think I'm gonna get to Aruba in the next year, I need to give the, the outfits I've made up in my mind for those away and oh, wow. either, you know, sell them or, or or donate them or something. Cause it, it really is difficult. Sometimes I feel like it's not so much a past life, it's more a future, it's kind yep. of the opposite of what you're describing. It feels like you're giving up a future. Yep. You're it's giving just up a the story. idea it's what could have been. Future. Yeah. Yeah. It what yeah. could have been this? It. Oh, this dress, you know, could have been what I wore to New Year's Eve. This dress could have been what I wore to Paris. Ooh. This dress could have been what I wore to Santorini. And you're like, it it almost feels like by giving them up, you're giving up on that hope that you'll get to those places. And I we know. We know that realistically, that's not how that works. Right. But yeah, I do find that sometimes it can be hard to let go of those things. Um, I've gotten better with the past things. It's, I struggle more with the future. The future. So
0: it's interesting yeah. because I think that women, we have such an amazing, uh, intricate relationship with our closets and clothes. And I I think that, you know, for instance, if I said this statement to my sister, one of them um, she would roll her eyes at me because her standard outfit is very different from what my standard outfit is. Uh, she it likes to wear jeans, a t-shirt, maybe some sneakers or boots, but, um, you know, and and I don't think that she necessarily feels like she's that attached to her clothes, but I think that in mm-hmm. some ways, all of us um, have a relationship to either what could be or what something represents, and there's an emotional tie in in how we define ourselves. I I think Absolutely. that you're you're definitely sharing from an area that I I totally see. Now, what was the biggest challenge, um, in during pandemic, being someone who's a content creator that has these amazing accessibility to wonderful clothes? What did you do? I- well, you know,
2: I mean, I think that for me, that the, one of the hardest things was just the literal content creation itself, mm-hmm. you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, we were on h- hardcore lockdown, yeah. um, you know, my family, at least we practiced, we didn't go anywhere, we had the Instacart, bring the food in, we really yeah. avoided anything that was not absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. And we're still pretty, pretty darn conservative with our movements here. Same here. Um, And we, I mean, we go to the grocery store now, okay, Mm -hmm. full disclosure, Mm -hmm. we wear a mask, go to the grocery store. Um, If I need to go get something from the Dollar Tree, I put on a mask and go into the Dollar Tree. Mm -hmm. But, you know, indoor restaurants are closed. Up until a week ago, outdoor restaurants are closed. Um, A lot of stores and things like that are closed because it's not worth it for them for the 10 or 20% capacity that they could allow in mm-hmm. with masks and whatnot. They're like, you know, we have a lot of little boutiques around town. It's it's one person, right? It's two people it's not worth it for them to staff that. Yeah. Um. And so what's happened was, I found it really hard to like, a feel safe in leaving the house to go mm. create content. And I really don't generally create content in my home. Yeah. I, I'm very lucky to live in a state in a, an area with roughly 300 days of sunshine yeah so i go outside and i find cool places where i just go about my day and wear what i'm gonna wear and then i take a photo while i'm there and it became really difficult because so many of those places i either didn't feel safe mm-hmm. going or they were closed down and it was like i really was forced outside of my comfort zone especially in the beginning of the pandemic like how do i make content from my bedroom what my living room mm. uh, my front yard my backyard like um, and I think that one thing that it did teach me was we were really all in this together yeah. and that you know I would create some content that was a little bit different than what I usually would mm-hmm. and I also kind of tried to pivot to what my real life was and what everyone else was experiencing so I talked a lot more about comfortable clothes mm-hmm. about loungewear about pajamas um, about maybe what I was cooking that night or something because. it it really, I couldn't have continued on exactly Mm -hmm. the way that I did before a large part of my blogging was travel related, right? I was travel related
0: until last year.
2: (laughs) And I'm like, well, okay, that's not gonna gonna happen. So you better find something else to talk about.
0: I, that's one of the things that, again, re- really resonated. There's so many different things that I, I, I was hooked. So Dan and I, my husband and I re- discovered TikTok, I guess, during the pandemic, as a lot of people have. And um, it's sort of our nightly ritual in which we will get in bed. And before we go to bed, he scrolls through his TikTok. And then I make fun of you know what's on his page. And then we go to my page, which has the more interesting people. <laughs> So, so you definitely have shown up and I'm like, I love her. I love the fact that she travels. I love that she's so confident. And I also really appreciate the fact that you didn't just give up and say, you know, I can't do this. You said, well, how can I? And you created that whole new shift and pivot in your mindset. And I think that that's definitely what creates this uh, ongoing um, ability for you to resonate with your, with your audience. you. I hope so. You do. You do for sure. And, um, as a traveler, because I love traveling and traveling is one of my favorite things. I cannot wait to be on a plane to Europe or to some island where, um, I can just wear that cool outfit. I actually bought funny, um, for the fall, I finally, and I haven't really been out very similar to you. I've been really, I have an autoimmune, autoimmune, so I can't really be out and about. My husband has done the predominant of being out and about, but I finally went to Target. must've been October, I think. And I went to Target and I know they have a new line of plus size and, I went and i purchased an outfit and i'm like i need a new outfit i need a hat i need some new jewelry and i i don't care if i have to wear it at home and that's what i did i was like okay perfect that it was just right down my alley to do that Um, yeah and
2: i have honestly like even in the last i don't know maybe three or four months like i feel like through the summer i was like okay we're all in this or whatever and then it started to stretch through the holidays I, I was on the same page as you, if I have to wear it at home, I'm going to dress up, not every day, but I'll get up, I'll go to the grocery store, I'm going <laughs> to wear a whole outfit to the grocery store, yep. I'm going to wear a whole outfit to Target, if I to yeah. buy a gift to send someone who's having a baby, somebody's I'm getting dressed to go to the post office, because uh, otherwise, these clothes will never get out of the closet to breathe.
0: Yeah, and my you know, my sister makes fun of me because I have two sisters, but my my sister who is not into clothes, she makes fun of me because if I do go out and I wear a mask, I'm still wearing my lipstick. It's just like, why are you putting lipstick on? I'm like, uh, I I don't know not to not put lipstick on. I don't feel like myself, right? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, you've been in the search for uh you you've been doing a, a segment on jeans. Tell me, what are your favorite jeans so far?
2: Oh my gosh, it's been quite the journey. And it's only I only started kind of documenting it like a week and a half ago or two Mm -hmm. weeks ago, that I really focused on jeans because I got so many questions, especially before I was ever on TikTok. The questions that came into my DMs on Instagram or in my comments were, where do you find jeans? I have a hard time finding jeans. I have a body shaped like XYZ. I have a hard time Mm -hmm. finding jeans. And I thought to myself, here we have something that is sort of although it's certainly international now it's a mm-hmm. quintessentially American staple of our wardrobe right now some people may opt out of denim that's fine but it sort of feels like the thing that we all deserve to have access to when it comes to clothing yeah. um, and yet so many plus size people struggle and I was like okay I, I have jeans I love I used to not wear mm-hmm. jeans I gave up jeans for like a five-year stretch I was like these are I hate them. I called them leg prisons. I was like, these are so uncomfortable. Mm. And then I finally started finding good jeans. So um, I've had some hits. I've had some misses. But so far, my um, kind of top rated ones are uh, Judy Blue, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very stretchy. Yeah, that's um, my favorite brand, brand. by the way. I have probably 15
0: pairs. You do? I have two (laughs) pairs. And I actually just had to... I, I have one I'm in between sizes. And because pandemic, I did gain weight, I, I had lost 40 pounds, and I've gained some of it back. So now I'm in this really weird place. And the one pair is so thin. I actually I'm like, Okay, I ripped. I'm like, I need another pair. So yeah, but yeah I love them. They're my they favorite. They are they're
2: <clears throat> Very comfortable. Very comfortable. Super I comfortable. love those. Um, I mean, I might have a dozen. I don't know. But I, it's a lot That's of Judy great. Yeah it's it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. but I will say the good news is, is that when you have that many pairs you don't wear through them as fast because yep. they go they get cycled through that's so where I go wrong. that's good yeah and then i just posted a video today actually reviewing american eagle mom Ooh, jeans really and as a millennial American Eagle was everything I wanted in high school and couldn't have because they didn't make plus size. And I was, and it's funny because I actually told this on a live video the other day, the only, I've been very blessed in my career. The only job I ever interviewed for and didn't get offered was a job at American Eagle. When I was a teenager, (laughs) I had to wear, I'm sure they had to wear the clothes and I couldn't have worn the clothes. So whatever. Um, My last retail job was at Louis Vuitton. So Mm -hmm. I managed Right, I, 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 you know, didn't stop me. <laughs> but um, it's so funny because I just I got two pairs in the mail, and they you know they had extended their sizing, and I tried on the first pair, and I was like, "This is, frankly, it's garbage for my body shape." Right, I right. could see the quality was there, but the mm-hmm. cut was not it. And then I just tried on the curve line, okay, mom jean. I'm gonna have to go check it out, mom jean. I gave it a nine point five out of ten. Okay. It was Amazing, absolutely stellar, 50 bucks, full price. If they're not on sale, you can get them on sale, that's I think. Great um, but price Worth point every too. penny. Yeah. It was worth every penny. Um, so so far the Judy Blue okay. and the American Eagle American. have my top two. Um, and then my third one, which has got a nine out of ten, mm-hmm. still really good, is actually um a German brand that's also available now I in the United that. States called ula Popkin. Yep, my son. And that. um amazing quality really really and they have a little bit of different cuts Mm -hmm. um i do like a skinny jean but Mm -hmm. for people who are looking for like straight legs wide legs things that are a little different they have a refreshing selection um and the quality and fit is just absolutely elite
0: now for someone who um is not sure right and i think that i have listeners that go through the span and ages but i have i have some listeners that maybe are looking to refresh their wardrobe and they're not sure, what fits them well? What would you recommend to them?
2: Um, You know, it's hard because at least here, I know that fitting rooms are closed in a lot Mm -hmm. of places, and I know that it can feel overwhelming to... um, start shopping online especially if that's not your go-to I'm a very comfortable online shopper out of necessity I shopped online for a lot of years before the pandemic Um, but I know that that's a really difficult transition to Mm -hmm. make so one of my favorite things to suggest is to go onto Instagram actually (laughs) TikTok if you have it but if you don't Instagram is fine and look for look under hashtags or search for plus size bloggers and do your best to find someone who you think looks like you like your body shape Mm. if they're a different age that's totally fine even if their aesthetic is different Mm -hmm. if they dress a little bit you know funkier than you or a little more conservative than you that's okay because what you're going to find is that they're going to link where they buy their clothes and what fits them best what retailers and what brands and what cuts and you're going to be able to know Okay, she looks like me. She's 5'4, she's a size 22, or she's a size 12, you know, whatever the case may be. And you'll know at the very least that you have a similar sort of avatar mannequin mm-hmm. to reflect on. And it, it doesn't have to be plus size bloggers. If you have someone, you know, who's not plus size, right. then by all means, find yourself a straight size blogger. But I really think that there's kind of this untapped resource in content creators and bloggers. And uh, there's so many micro and nano influencers who Mm -hmm. might not have massive followings. It doesn't really matter if someone has 100,000 followers, if they're creating content that is resonating with you, and you see yourself represented in that, I think that that is one of the easiest ways to really almost feel like you have a personal shopper who's in your body it's like having a human mannequin and they're wearing stuff and you can go from there and say you know what i'll check that site out and at least Mm. you know that that is a good baseline point, and then you choose the things that call to you from there.
0: I, I think that that's excellent advice because I think that many women, um, again, we we tend to follow trends and we tend because we're in that uh, search for confidence or for feeling better or for conforming. Again, like we've talked about, mm-hmm. but we've never really. I find that many women haven't found how to dress for their body, and yeah. many women are afraid of you know what are people going to say or think but I think that if you can find someone that looks like you in shape and size that that's excellent advice I love it Um, yeah
2: and if you're if if anybody's listening and looking for how to find someone who's about your size mm -hmm. you know you can search through hashtags and there's um, one of my favorite things to do is to search the hashtag size blank style all one word so for me I'm usually like a 2x like an 18 or a 20 so I would type in size 18 style size 20 style or size 20 and you'll find people who wear that size who've tagged their photos literally with that size maybe if you're petite and you're struggling you can put in Mm -hmm. hashtag petite influencer petite blogger and find someone who's you know under 5'4 or whatever the case may be um and I think that you hit the nail on the head so many people um I think that we've been sort of brainwashed into this Mm -hmm. concept of that that dressing for our body means dressing to be flattering and flattering so often has this undertone of really meaning look thinner right and like our our goal in life is not to shrink ourselves for the comfort of others Mm. so really flattering I mean the the story you told about your your former mother-in-law is exactly the example when you flatter your truest self and you wear things that reflect your personality you are flattering your your essence yeah and like you see people who dress like that they are radiant they are glowing no one cares if if their panty or their 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 um you know fupa their belly their their cellulite no one cares if, if, if what's going on they are glowing And it's like, that is what I feel like we should be doing when we say we want something that flatters us. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, if you can't find close that button, it's really hard to feel confident about embracing who you are. So finding someone who can work as a resource, ideally, a few people who can work as resources and tell you where to shop is really my
0: number one tip. I, I love that. I think that that's an excellent tip. And I think that everyone should go and do that hashtag search. And social media is not to aggravate you. It should be certainly to inspire and educate you. Mm-hmm. So these are great tips. So Callie, tell me a little bit about who has influenced and who has created the most imprint in your life. Oh, gosh.
2: Oh, that's hard. Um, I feel like I have so many people probably I mean, my family is mm-hmm. definitely I have a very, very close family. Um, my extended family is not very large. So we're very close. Um, I only have a couple of cousins, just Mm -hmm. me and my brother. Um, I've been so fortunate that I had like bonus grandparents, I Uh guess you could say. And my, a lot of my grandparents were alive for well into my twenties and I still have living grandparents, three living grandparents and I'm 33. Yeah. So really, really fortunate. And we have had just an enormous support system. And I really do think that that has been probably the most singular, uh, singularly influential thing in my life because I recognize the privilege that comes with (laughs) having not just parental support or sibling support, but really like you know, I only have a couple aunts and uncles, but they're very, very close to us and my grandparents. And really, I had such a safety net in every venture (laughs) I ever wanted. And not only support, but knowing that it was okay to fail, I was (laughs) raised that in order to, you know, my dad used to always tell me, he says, in order to increase your chances of success, you must first increase your rate of failure. Because statistically, statistically, you're going to fail a certain number of times. You know, mm. out of a hundred tries, you're gonna fail. So if you get the failures out of the way, statistically you're moving closer to success. And so I was so lucky to grow up in an environment that really fostered you know, adventure and trying mm-hmm. things that were new and going out of our comfort zone and learning to be adaptable. And then knowing that my grandparents and my aunts and uncles supported us. And, you know, heaven forbid if something had ever happened, or even if my parents wouldn't have supported something I did, I never worried that I was going to have a safe place to be, people who supported me, people who took care of me. And there was such flexibility. that came with that um, that allowed me to not even necessarily need to use those resources, but just knowing they were there allowed me to take risks that, um, you know, I can't say that I would have taken those risks if I didn't have the support system that I had.
0: I think that um, it is so important to be able to surround yourself with people that believe in you. And sometimes maybe your family of origin is not that. But one of the things Mm -hmm. that I encourage people is that if you don't have that in your family and your parents, grandparents and extended family, to definitely surround yourself with the other people who are going to breathe that belief into you. But so great that your dad told you that you needed to fail a lot of times. So it's a great lesson I will to learn from my dad my dad told me i i'll never forget i um he he was a yankees fan as i am and i was down in the dumps for something and i'm like oh my gosh i'll never do this and it was so terrible and he's like sweetie what about babe ruth did you know that he had like he had to have the most strikeouts in order to get where he I was like oh look at that i never really thought of it that way but it's true it is so, so amazing. So now, are your parents travelers like you? Uh, no, not re- I mean, nowadays, no one's
2: really no one much of a rare, traveler, right? of but course, of course. Um, my dad traveled a lot and lived a lot of different places mm-hmm. when he was younger. Um, my mom is the complete opposite. She's okay. a total homebody. She is content to get a Starbucks cup from the cities that I visit when I bring it home to her. Oh, um, love that's it. like almost as good to her as going uh-huh. on the trip. Uh, She didn't get a passport till she was 50. Wow. So she, um, and that was to move out of the country for my dad's work. So it was a really, really big challenge for her. And since then I've been so fortunate. I've been able to take my mom on a couple Mm -hmm. international trips. I got her a trip to Europe one year for Christmas. I took her on a couple of cruises. So she's traveled more after 50 Mm -hmm. than she ever did before 50. But generally speaking, I would say my dad's up for some adventure Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, definitely got that from him my mom is really she's just she finds joy in watching me do it because I like it more than she actually likes it
0: I think that's terrific I think that that's so fun to watch your children really go after their dream and be able to do some of the things that you know it's filling their cup and making them joyful and it's so great that you um, are then bringing her along for the adventure and that's great quality time what is your favorite place that you've visited so far?
2: Oh, it's so hard for me to pick a favorite, I guess, because oh. I lived in Paris for two and a half years. Yes. Two lucky different- girl.
0: Very jelly over that. I love I want <laughs> to live in Paris.
2: <laughs> it's it's like my second home now. You know, mm. I went through such sort of transformative periods in my life. Um in the periods that I lived there, Mm -hmm. that it is a really, really special place to me. However, I had never even visited Paris before I moved there. Mm -hmm. So I've never seen Paris for the first time through the eyes of a visitor. Um, I've i literally just moved there a year and a half time. And now every subsequent time that I go back, I don't feel like a visitor. I feel like I'm visiting a place I used to Mm -hmm. live. Um, But it is one of my favorite places. However, if I had to pick a place that I've only visited and never lived. I absolutely adore Spain. I have the best time when I go to Spain. I love Barcelona. I've been probably mm. three or four times. I also love um, the Basque region of Spain mm-hmm. that borders Southern France. Um, I really love San Sebastian is one of my favorite cities in the entire world. Um, and then I've always had really good times in Sweden of all places. Oh, Sweden is
0: terrific. I Sweden. I love, love Sweden.
2: Sweden. Yes, I've been there half a dozen times. One of my very best friends in the whole world was a foreign exchange student at my high school from Sweden and I go back and visit her when when I can and she comes here when she can and then recently um, I I, so crazy I never thought I would say that London was like one of my top five cities Mm -hmm. in the world because the first time I ever went to London I was leaving Paris after a year and a half of living there and I stopped for like a four-day trip on my way home to California Mm -hmm. and I had thought about doing a year abroad in London, and I ended up going to Paris. And I kind of like, to be honest, I always felt like maybe I had missed out on something. Mm -hmm. I loved Paris, but it's the unknown, you know, you don't know what you missed out on. And I had to learn a new language to live in Paris. And I could have skipped that part if I'd gone to London, you know. (laughs) Um, But I I remember the first time I got there, I was like, well, this is cute, but like, it's not Paris. (laughs) But now I've been back like another four or five times since then. And right before Corona hit last year, I spent a whole week in London in January. And I had the best time. And I realized that the reason that I think I love London so much is that in a really weird way, it mirrors almost like opposite of Los Angeles for Mm me. And being, you know, from SoCal, I know that LA, I have a deep, deep love for Los Angeles. And I know that it is not necessarily a tourist-friendly city. I don't think that it shines its brightest on your first visit. I don't think that it's easy to navigate or understand or appreciate without a local guide to kind of show you around. Um, And I feel that way about London. And so I I guess I sort of... endeared itself to me the more I visited it because it sort of reveals itself more and you get to learn about it and you go back and visit restaurants the Mm -hmm. second and third time and I was like you know what this reminds me of LA in that sense and so I do think that when you love London you really love London but I don't know that it's the easiest to love off the bat. Agreed. Um, So it's definitely like, nowadays, it's very high up there for me.
0: So I, you're, you're speaking about all my favorite places in the whole wide world. I, I want to <laughs> unpack this a little bit. Uh, the first time I went to Paris, um, I always said I wanted to live in Paris. And I didn't get to Paris until my early 30s. And I remember I was actually coming from Sweden. Um, I had taken a trip and I was in Sweden for a week. And then from there, I went to um, Finland for another week. And then I did Russia in another week. Wow. And it was a phenomenal trip. And on the way home, I, I was married to my ex. And, and he's like, um, what, you are booked yourself to Paris? I said, I went to all over Europe. And I didn't go to Paris? Are you kidding me? I'm going to Paris. And I'd already been to London. I'd been to Spain. I'd been to Italy, but not Paris, which was the place for me. And I remember coming out of the metro at the Louvre, and I remember just like you come up and there it is. And yeah. I I still can transport myself to the feeling of seeing that imposing building that you've seen in movies and in pictures and no matter what and in postcards. And then all of a sudden I was sobbing, sobbing yeah. because I thought I'm here and it was the most fantastic beautiful time and and I was by myself I traveled by myself my ex didn't go with me and I just walked around the city I relished in every experience I had I went to every museum I sat by the water and I watched people play I drank some wonderful coffee and, and it was lovely and I can't wait to go back to Paris my husband and I were there the last time we were there was two years ago because we were on our way to Spain to do the Camino de Santiago. Oh, wow. uh, Okay. I have done two legs of the trip. He's only done the one. But we're very familiar with the Basque region. It's probably one of my favorite areas. Uh, It's it's so fabulous. And the culture is so unique. Mm -hmm. And
2: I I found out later that my um, ancestors from my mom's dad's side who we had always considered Mexican, Mm -hmm. um, had actually immigrated to Mexico from the Basque region. Um, So that was kind of cool for me to just, you know, I don't, I don't certainly don't identify as Basque, but like, it was cool to know that I was visiting a place where some of my ancestors, ancestors has had been from Um, the food is fantastic. The view, I mean, the architecture is just so spectacular. And um yeah i I mean it's it's kind of rare i
0: feel to find another (laughs) american who can appreciate bass country i I love bass country i love it it, yeah when uh, my husband decided to go uh, because i i was going to go whether he went with me or not i went with a girlfriend the first trip and we i can only get two weeks off and obviously the camino is definitely longer than that so when i said i'm going again and he um he's like well i'll go and i'm like well be prepared. And um, I really at first wanted to pick up my trip from where I, I left off because in mm-hmm. my mind, I want to finish the trip. I want to finish the Camino. Um, but my husband had not seen some of the Basque region and I thought, oh, wait a minute, maybe we'll start off from, from Pamplona and go from there, you know? So that's, yeah. that's what we did. And we had such a fun time. And then we cut our trip we cut our walking a little short because i knew that he had never been to spain and i wanted to show him madrid and we went to segovia and uh did a lot of different things so it was a super fun experience so yeah i actually and it's it's funny you um mentioned san sebastian i just spoke to someone i met that is from it lives in san sebastian she's dutch how funny. How, what a small world. You know, things just come together. Our world is becoming smaller and smaller. But what's your next trip when we were able to travel? Um, I actually bought a
2: seven-night stay in Bali. Oh, of weeks ago. yay.
0: That's wonderful. So,
2: um, yeah, I got a really good deal on it. I can, it can be redeemed in 2021 or 2022. So okay. date is kind of to be determined. Perfect. As soon as things are safe and, you know, I'm vaccinated, and mm-hmm, you know the local the local government there yeah. feels that it's safe to host tourists. Then um, I'll be going there. Um, you know, probably take one of my girlfriends with me. Oh, what a fun And time. I've never been to Bali. We actually had a really big three ish, three and a half week family vacation to Europe planned for last summer that got mm-hmm. canceled. That was going to be Paris, um, Biarritz, which is in the French. Yep. I know section Biarritz. Of South I, country. I flew I into Biarritz. Biarritz. yeah. Oh yeah, I used to do our summers there when I lived in Paris, and then we were going to do um, Santorini, and Rome, and um, another Greek island, uh, Mykonos, yeah. Mykonos, yeah. yeah, Mykonos. It's so beautiful so there. Those, I'm kind of like, I feel owed <laughs> owed my trip. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know when I'll do that, but I have the Bali one paid and ready to go so it's just kind of waiting in the wings literally well if uh, I don't get to go to
0: Bali I'm gonna have to live vicariously through you but it's on my (laughs) list but it's funny because I'm so meticulous with all the places I want to visit and currently my husband's passport is expired I don't know how I'm married to someone whose passport is expired honestly But, uh he better take care of that while we're still in lockdown, so <laughs> he has time now, he, no excuse, yeah, he, he has time, no excuse. I actually went to um we were going somewhere I guess it was January, and I went and i um I went to the passport office to try to renew it for him, and then i it, I forget what it was. I had the wrong form, and I couldn't do it. I'm like, oh, this is so annoying, but and of course, we don't live in New York City or Boston, we're right in between, so you know, it's that it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now um, confidence is something that I really share with my audience and I really talk about because I think that it's something that um, it's a journey. It's something that you don't necessarily get to a place and you're like, oh, I'm super confident and you're done. It's something that you continue to evolve in. Tell me a little bit about your journey with confidence. Um I mean, it's
2: definitely like a day-to- day thing. I feel like it fluctuates. I feel like we have to kind of accept that because otherwise we fight against it. And, and instead, if we recognize, you know, I'm not feeling super confident today, um, own it, be okay with feeling that mm. so that you can move forward from it instead of guilt tripping yourself and then it's like a spiral about it, you know. Um, I have to say, I was raised in a way, my parents joke, they're like, I don't know if we created a monster (laughs) or what. But um, I was really taught from a very young age, that I could do anything. Mm. That was it it was just it was like a statement of fact. It wasn't you're better than other people. Never, ever, ever. It was simply, well, if you want to do something, then you should try to do it. And there were, of course, external factors. Um, I've been chubby, as a kid and plus size, since I was a teenager, a Mm. kid, whatever my whole life. So certainly that plays a part, but I have to say that having such a good base, um, you know, coming, you know, into teenage years was really made things easier for me than I know it did on some other people, because, you know, I was, a size two X in high school, I haven't, I haven't changed much. And I was the captain of my high school dance team. So it certainly wasn't mm-hmm. going to stop me from doing whatever it was that I needed to do, because it was never presented to me as an option. Um, I was really raised in an environment where, um, you know, my looks, I yeah my parents told me I was cute, whatever, you know, but my looks were not um, my number one value mm. that I that I possessed. You know, my parents did a really great job, my grandparents as well, of teaching me that I, you know, was smart that I that I could strive to be smart, that I could strive to use my mind, that I could be kind, everyone has the capacity for kindness. And that's something that people should take, they should be confident. in. you know, the way that you respond, and the way you treat other people says far more about you than it does about them. And so if you know, you should be confident that you're a good person. And if you're behaving in a way that makes yourself proud every day, then you know, we all have slip ups, of course, of course, generally speaking, I was taught that that was mm-hmm. what I, I could be proud of. And so it certainly made it easier for me not to allow external validation or lack thereof mm-hmm. to, you know, belittle me or my confidence. And I feel like as I've gotten older, it's only been solidified by seeing the struggles that people younger mm-hmm. than me experience now, um, and assaults on their confidence yeah. specifically through things like social media. And you said earlier that social media can be good or bad. You know, it, It really depends on how you use it, how you take it. And we didn't have, I didn't even have Facebook in high school. So we didn't have Instagram, we didn't. And I consider myself lucky in a way, because I see now what so many young people are experiencing. And It really has to come from within. And you mentioned that at the beginning, if we are relying on extrinsic validation, um, we're going to be waiting a very long time to feel good about ourselves. And and really we've placed all of the power in the hands of other people and corporations and industries and, and all of these things. So for me, by all means, I have days where I'm not feeling myself. It would be, it would be so dishonest to pretend that just because I strive to be confident that I, I succeed in that every day at level 100. No, but I do think that it's a practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And my mom used to tell me, happiness is a choice. And every day, if you, you know, if you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling yourself, you can fake it till you make it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
2: you tell yourself that enough, you will start to believe it. So and, and I it, it, I swear it works. <laughs> so, I, I am, I am no. a
0: big fan of everything that you're saying, because I totally agree with that. I think that happiness is a choice. Sometimes you have to decide, well, what feeling do I want to generate? How do I want to feel at the end of today? And there's days, you know, this morning, I, I wasn't I was tired, and my husband got called to who knows go to work at some ungodly hour. And I thought, Ugh, okay. And then I thought, no, what do I want to be happy about today? And when I go to bed, how do I want to feel? And I want to feel. And my word for the year is relentless, and that I'm going relentlessly after my dreams. And I thought, I am a badass, relentless bitch, and I'm going to feel like that by the time I go to bed tonight. Yes. So I, I think that, that that is a choice. And you mm-hmm. are in an area in an industry in which let's, let's call it as it is. There are haters. There's people who are mean in the internet. How do you handle that? Yes. Um, so first off, I am as proactive
2: as I can be with the tools that are given to me. And I feel like that is something that I, I I recommend so heavily, so (laughs) passionately, because Uh, you do not need to subject yourself to unnecessary trolls and haters. It does not earn you brownie points. No medal is coming in the mail because you allowed somebody to speak to you. And by all means, I'm not victim blaming. When you're the victim of verbal abuse, it's not on you. It's always on the person who made that choice. But it is available to you to use the tools that are given by certain platforms, like comment filters, Mm -hmm blocking, unfollowing and things like that. So what I do is I have comment filters on certain Mm -hmm. platforms like Facebook and TikTok. People cannot, they can try, they'll think that it's been left, but they cannot use certain words, trigger words that I think could be, yeah, they're abusive towards me. But more importantly, I don't think that those kinds of comments foster a feeling of a safe Mm -hmm. community for the followers that I have. Because I want the comment sections of my posts and my videos and my blog and all of those things. I don't want people to be subjected, um, who are in a different place in their journey and their confidence journey. Um, I can handle someone calling me fat. It doesn't bother me. I'm fat. I'm brunette. I'm a woman. What else? Come up with something better. Right. You know what I mean? Um, It's not interesting to me, but I know that not everyone's at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I not only don't feel the need to subject myself to reading those types of comments, but B, I don't want other people who've been who come to my content for uplifting, supportive reinforcement to have to be exposed to that type of negativity. So, my first piece of advice is to use all of the tools that are available to you. There are comment filters available on platforms like Facebook and TikTok mm-hmm. so that when people try to say things, if you know there are certain words that people could be using, you can just block them. They can't even comment those words. The other thing is to I unfollow accounts that might and it's not a reflection of the account right it's for me that could make me feel a certain kind of way um if it's if I think that there's a possibility that maybe I might slip into a comparison trap Mm -hmm. I bless and I bless and release that person I wish you the best it's not on you you are not creating that emotion within me that's my on me but I have the power to unfollow you and I don't wish you ill so um my, you know, and then when people do when the, there are ways for people to get through the cracks and comment things, I get DMs on occasion, I'll get comments that are rude, um, you know, things of that nature. And I don't spend I don't invest any time in it. Do not mm-hmm. feed it your energy whatsoever, yep. immediately deleted and blocked, deleted and blocked, deleted and blocked. I don't engage in conversation with people who are committed to um, projecting their internalized hate. It's an internal problem for them. I feel bad for them. And I'm not going to allow that into my space. And I'm not going to give it any additional time. So um, it's really easy to get into this back and forth with people. And it's because we want to convince them that we are worthy. But in reality, we are worthy, Mm -hmm. we don't need that to convince these people, it is a statement of fact, whether they acknowledge it or not, delete the comment and move on with your life, they don't deserve any additional time, energy, resources or emotion from you. So for me, it's very black and white. There's just like, and I have to say that by using those different tactics, it has decreased over the years, a lot of people as Mm -hmm. their platform grows, the, the hate increases, but um First off, if they can't comment the bad words, then it's going to be really hard for them. They're going to get very frustrated. They're not going to get any response from you because they're doing it for
0: a response. You're diffusing the situation. And everything that you're saying, such wisdom. You're amazing. You really are. I think that this is something that I wish a lot of people, especially in the last year, right? Uh, I keep hearing, oh, I hate Facebook. I hate this because people are not curating what is going on in their feed people. And so for instance, for me, I, I, I welcome different opinions. I respect them, but if you're going to be disrespectful to me or it's going to trigger somebody else, delete block, delete block period. It's it's so simple. And I also liked a lot of what you said. And I think that this is where, um, as women, we tend to go wrong. You also, you bless someone, but if they're going to trigger you into being into that comparison trap, because it is a trap, we all do mm-hmm. it. We all, yeah. like, oh my gosh, look at our hair. It's curly. I have straight hair or vice versa, right? We, we have to swim in our own lane and this is something that we have to say you know what good for her and that's and actually it's funny you should say that I was actually just going through this uh in this week because I I'm I'm I shifted into a new role in my life and I in my last role in the corporate America I was doing something else and now Um, I'm, I'm a smaller fish than I was in my corporate career and it's okay. And this is where I'm at, but I need to be able to let go of all of that. I, I really appreciate everything that you're saying. I could probably talk to you for days and and nights (laughs) because there's so much to talk. Tell me what you're looking forward to in, in the future, um, right now. And what are some of the things that you're working on? Um, I'm really, I mean, right now, like in this moment, I'm
2: so excited about, um, creating content that is slightly less perfected than that, which I have Mm. created in the past. Um, You know, the concept of like a curated Instagram feed where you go to a blogger's feed and everything has this beautiful filter put over it so that all the photos match. And and that's, it's aesthetically pleasing and I have nothing against it. (laughs) And it's important that we recognize that for some people who are creating that way, that brings them joy. It's right. their art form. It's their expression. Mm-hmm. It brings them joy to create that aesthetically pleasing feed. And I think that that's beautiful and we shouldn't reduce the value of that. But for so many of us, that's not what life looks like. That's yes. not approachable. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can create feelings of um, inadequacy. It can create feelings like we're, we're messy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're actually going to see a slow and steady decline of the influencer of the past that Mm -hmm. has a perfectly curated life that chooses not to show their behind the scenes, that chooses not to show them in makeup. And and by all means, it's everybody's personal choice. But for me, I'm really excited. I've kind of relaxed Mm -hmm relax the shoulders on my presentation and I still strive to create content that inspires me because Mm -hmm. I feel like that it could then connect with you know resonate with somebody else but I think to myself you know what if this is a good picture and it brings me joy and I like this outfit I'm posting it I don't care if it doesn't have the same filter or if I'm not wearing seasonally you know themed clothing for the holiday or whatever and um also short format video on platforms like TikTok, Mm -hmm. Reels, Instagram stories, I feel like I'm able to connect with my community online Mm -hmm. um, even better than through static photo but it's accessible on their timeline, unlike live video. And I feel like previously those were kind of our right. options. And we have long format video like YouTube, but we don't always have 45 minutes to watch you try on everything you got at Zara. Like, I want to <laughs> see it in 60 seconds. Is it good or it's not good? Tell me, you know? Yeah, I'm um, like so that. I'm, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, scroll next, like, come next. Come on, next. Next. come on, get to the um, point. Let me see those <laughs>
0: pants on, don't show me. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I feel like it's also as a creator, Um, And I mean, anyone, not just professional creators, but for anybody, it's easier to be vulnerable and open for 15 seconds than it is for 45 minutes or 30 minutes. You know, I can make a 15 second, 30 second TikTok and be a little bit goofy and it's really not scripted and I don't have time to worry about it. I just make it and then I post it, you know, I caption it and then it it, it goes and I'm not spending two days editing something in a video program where I'm nitpicking myself. You know, my friends and I, we talk about uh, what are the pictures you didn't post because you looked at them too long. Like we mm. don't post pictures from trips and outfits that that were adorable photos yeah. that were special, that were whatever, because we nitpicked ourselves. We looked at them too long. And so right now in terms of work, I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited about working with brands that have started to extend sizing yes. where previously they so hadn't. I, I had a lot of mixed emotions about it for a while. You know, when we, when I first started, I thought I kind of had this, You know, maybe resentment was the right word Mm -hmm. towards brands that had excluded me my entire life. And I felt a sense of loyalty to brands that had always been there. You know, I I, I do not accept Torrid slander on my page (laughs) because Torrid was the only store that was there for me as a 15-year-old fat girl. And they're still out there hustling. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's for everyone. And I get it. We have more options now. But for a long time, I was kind of like, well, I'm never going to buy from brand X, Y, Z even mm-hmm. if they did extend their sizing right. because they didn't. They did. It, they waited too long to do it. And you know what? I realized I have to let that go. Okay. <laughs> I have to be open to trying new things. And it, now I'm getting to a place of excitement. You know, I talked about posting American Eagle mm-hmm. jeans. I have an order from I. I can Abercrombie and Fitch on the way okay. from some. They sell plus size jeans now. And Ooh. I mean. People my age will know that there is a time that people a size 10 could barely shop at Abercrombie. Oh, for sure. To see see people up to a size 24 now being included, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that there's not room for growth beyond that, but it's a start. And, you know, the other thing is like brands that are bringing in elements of either niche fashion interests Mm. or luxury fashion. You know, my previous career was in luxury goods and I still love luxury goods. You know, I lived in Paris and I worked for luxury brands and I, I feel like larger bodies, um, marginalized bodies, disabled bodies, bodies of color are so often excluded Mm -hmm. from the luxury narrative. And now we're just starting to crack that a little bit. And I think that it's really exciting. You know, one example is anthropology a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago, extended into plus size and as a Southern California kind of boho babe, that was so exciting for me because they're breaking into a little bit more ethical, a little bit more sustainable, right. a little bit more luxury. And yeah, it's not gonna be for everyone. It doesn't, you know, when you move into those spheres, it makes it sometimes less accessible but it's still an offering that it deserves to exist for the groups that want to invest that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited to see things um, and work with brands like that moving forward so that I can really show everything from the most affordable to the luxury pieces because people who exist in plus bodies are as diverse and multifaceted as people who do not. And there's an entire group spectrum of shoppers. Mm -hmm. And there are people who want budget, $15 $15 jeans, and there are people who want to buy $1,000 handbags, right? And they deserve the options and the respect and um, the content, you know, from of their course. favorite, from their favorite creators. So you have I'm really to be able to see that. yourself
0: then, in the media. And I think that that's yes, where we're, we're starting to see the shift.
2: Yeah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then fingers crossed, I'm very excited to hopefully get my vaccine soon. Ooh. I'm very much not in any of the, the qualifying tiers yet. But, yeah. but fingers crossed, I'm going to get it soon, crossed, and then I yeah. can, you know, we'll be good to go. Then I, I hopefully look forward to um, being able to travel soon. Um, it's one of my favorite things like we talked about in the whole wide world. So I I At this point, I'll go anywhere. Uh, You know, I joked with my mom. I said I I would get on a cruise ship full of vaccinated people if it meant I couldn't get off the boat. If we couldn't even do any excursions, I'd go on a cruise. I'd go on a cruise, cruise too,
0: with a bunch of vaccinated people. I got so excited watching one of the commercials the other day. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I must go on this cruise. Come on. Sign me up. Sign me up. Here's my money. I love it. Well, I hopefully maybe you'll come to New York or I'll go to California or so we'll meet somewhere in between and get a drink. Uh, You are amazing. Callie, you're you're a phenomenal young woman. You're putting a lot of great content. You are sharing a wonderful journey that I know it's impacting other people. So I so appreciate you saying yes to come into Casa the Confidence and you will continue to be one of our favorite guests. So I look forward to continuing to collaborate in the future. I'll probably see you at Clubhouse. Yes, you absolutely will. Same here. Because I'm not sure you'll see me on TikTok so much co- posting content. <laughs> I, I I, can't wrap my mind around this yet, but it's because it's I'm a beginner, I suppose. So. There's a platform for everybody. That's I right. feel like
2: for somebody who's comfortable in the podcast space, Clubhouse yeah. is really an ideal platform. Oh, like, you know, We don't all have to do everything. We that's can't right. all be good at
0: everything. That's right. Well, you know, the type A in me feels differently, but that's what i the work is, right? <laughs> yeah thank you for everything. And thank, thank you, you for just your kindness and your time. And uh, where oh, tell me where people can connect with you. It will be in the show uh, notes, can, but please. Uh, you can find me at um, hot pink and glitter on Instagram on TikTok, on Pinterest. Also, at my blog is hotpinkandglitter.com. and And even if you are not a fan of glitter, you're going to be a fan of Callie because she is phenomenal. <laughs> thank so you. thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Yes, you have a great day.
1: Why is it that at the end of every interview, at the end, I feel like singing a little song. I'm not going to do it this week. I'm really, I'm trying. Stop it. Don't. Don't do it. It's you like do it. it's like the no react challenges on oh, TikTok
0: because we're obsessed with TikTok. We need a more entertainment based life in our lives.
1: You know, I'm never gonna get on that TikTok thing, and it's and you're like, this is ridiculous. And then you get the app, you start watching stuff, and then you just find yourself
0: sucked in.
1: Sucked in. We're at me and Julie. We're we're in bed at night. We're like, all right, good night. And Julie go TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got to sleep. <laughs> He's like, five minutes, TikTok. And I'm like, here. And I do my, I pull out my phone and we start watching TikTok on my phone. She's like, okay, yours is getting boring. All right. Oh, that one's good. No, oh, no, we got to watch mine now. Your algorithm is ridiculous. He does have a dumb <laughs> algorithm. It's like
0: I'm not even gonna say he's like stuck right. in like tools and trucks and like people. Hey, with if like you're on TikTok, different and you fashion sense than me.
1: If you're on TikTok and you own a Ford Ranger, oh, my you gosh. are now. It's your day. It is your day, Ford Ranger people.
0: Wow, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> uh, we've tried to do TikToks, but we're not that talented hey
1: excuse th- me
0: okay i know i am talented but you know i was trying to be inclusive of you
1: we haven't been that inspired i'm
0: always i did inspired. a couple i
1: did a couple tiktoks mm-hmm. but you know what what S- some of these tiktoks are like um you look at um
0: i'm a job if you look at look at, look
1: at Callie's. she's TikToks, an expert oh my gosh is it and i look at some of these tiktoks i'm like these are this is hard work. Doing this She's an
0: expert. She knows how to do that. It's like, wow. I know, like... There's a lot that goes into okay, it. Okay. We're beginners. Perhaps we need to give it a good college try and try it, rather than saying it's too hard. We are uh, learning. How's that? You know what? What?
1: Hard things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I figured you'd have a quote for that.
0: Hard things are only in your mind. That's it? No, we're all beginners. I'm sure Callie and all the rest of the TikTokers are... How about
1: just do hard things?
0: No, because your brain is trying to keep you safe. And then your brain is going to say, no, I don't want to do hard things. So you need to tell your brain, I am working on believing I can do this.
1: So is there an alternative word to calling a hard thing something
0: else? Yes. You know, I don't like to say it's hard. I like to say it's a challenge. How old are you? 12. He's 12. It's a challenge.
1: (laughs) After 40, it is a challenge sometimes.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. It's not that kind of show, but we better go. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everyone.
1: All right, then, people. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams.
0: And live the life you have imagined. And we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook. And always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams.
0: Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and. Land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.